Oh. I figure in the in the midst of crisis, I might as well use the stuff I've got. <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. I might as well use my nice pencils. Welcome to episode 73 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and today my co-host is Dade. Today we're talking about life, additions, but and all of the sorts of not-so-fun stuff. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking and consuming. Dade, what are you consuming these days? Um, well, let's start with what I'm drinking. So, uh, as I said to you off-air, I was pretty upset at myself that I forgot to cancel my trade <laughs> coffee uh, subscription. Because, you know, I mean, it's 25 bucks a month or 25 bucks each time. Um, and, you know, I was trying to cut back on my budget, but here I am not able to go to my favorite coffee shop. So I'm drinking a wonderful, wonderful coffee um, from City of Saints Coffee Roasters. Mm. Um, it is the um, Denzian. I think that's how you say it, blend. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it has hints of date, jasmine, and Tootsie Roll. Interesting. So it's a little chocolatey and sweet and syrupy. Yes, it is very, mm. very good. Um, and it is, it is actually, it surprised me because I actually don't have milk or cream, which is, I usually put that in my coffee. But um, I decided just to add a tiny little bit of sugar and it's been wonderful it's it's super smooth and and great so i've been enjoying that um i'm currently not writing with anything i have the google doc open i'll take notes there uh, i can't, i reorganized my office so like everything's put away and so i haven't really plucked anything out to use mm. uh so but uh as far as what i'm consuming lately um i've been actually not doing much analog stuff uh animal crossing new horizons came out for nintendo switch and that <laughs> has been a lifesaver uh also my wife is playing i bought her her own nintendo switch and my wife is not a gamer and it's been amazing to kind of like walk past the bedroom and she's there playing um it's really kind of adorable. Uh, so it's it's been great. It's a great way to be connected. All of my close friends are playing it. And, and it's just it's a, an escape from this this crappy reality that we're sitting in. Um, so mm. that's what I've been doing all weekend. I've also been playing around with the Zoom platform. Yeah. The yeah, the college I work for. Uh, I'm a writing tutor there for those that don't know. Um, originally it was actually kind of frustrating and disappointing. We were going to be required to go to work like physically and <laughs> our union kind of said no. Um, and then the president kind of turned around and said, yeah, no, this is a bad idea. So luckily we are doing tutoring by proxy. And so I spent all last week, I know how to use zoom for like the video chat part of mm -hmm. it and like communicating, but the screen share part, uh, I've been kind of messing around with and, and also being a mentor to those that are very, um, you know, averse to technology. There's a couple yeah. people that I work with that um, they're kind of crummy people. They refuse to work with students on their computers, which is horrible and not right because um, some students use computers for accessibility. Yeah. So I'm kind of laughing inside that they are forced to use a computer if they want to get paid. <laughs> so because, because we're not out of work completely, like, so if I were to be out of work completely, the union would pay us and that would be that. But since we now have an option to work, we have to do this or we don't get paid. So, you know, for me, it's great. I mean, I can be at home. I I've done 
tutoring privately, uh, not over Zoom, um, but I've Skyped with somebody once and I've edited Google Docs. So I'm very comfortable with it. So I've been kind of messing around with that. And because it's it's through the college, I get a free license copy, you know, edition of Zoom. So all the options are there for me to use. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, okay. Just going off of that, Zoom is also giving away a lot of free licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it's just to teachers or what, um, but I did see some. Yeah. That you can get some free stuff from Zoom. So. Yeah. No, I when I went on their webpage to to sign in, there was like this thing like find out how to get free, you know, access during this time mm-hmm. period. Whatever. Um, and as I said before, I I organized my office and living space. I'm not under a strict quarantine. Uh, my wife or I have not shown any symptoms of anything and have not been around anyone. But for my other job at the emergency animal hospital, I have to go there. And mm. so I worry about I, I already have um, actual OCD around germs and and that kind of stuff. Like I'm not being not the silly OCD, like clinical. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I've been really making it a point to keep my living space and my office space organized, clean, easy enough to where I could wipe things down. I don't got to move stuff around because I do have a worry. I mean, my wife has two of the the risk factors for, you know, having a real if she were to get infected, um, it could be really bad for her. And I just don't I don't want to think about that. So um, I also plan on doing a bit of journaling. Um, My therapist has suggested it. Uh, just to kind of every day do a little self check-in. Um, so if not for my mental health, but you know, for historical record, if, if I were to, you know, leave this journal behind, you know, 40, 50 years from now, uh, you know, it could be an artifact of, of these times that, you know, if you think about it, like this is, this is a big deal. So, uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, what about you, Les? Well, I, I have been reading a lot. I've been reading so much. I, I don't know. Um, I keep my snarky reading posts to my Facebook page because it is locked down and I don't feel the need to trash authors who self-publish publicly. Um, that said, I have read some really, truly horrible paranormal um, LGBT books, um, some of which had really great premises, but were not edited well at all. And there are some that just had moments where I was like, if you had even a single beta reader, reader who would have been honest with you, this wouldn't have gotten through. You would have changed this aspect of it so that um, your book would have made sense. But because no one was honest with you or you didn't have any beta readers this got through and it made your book trash um so i've been doing some hate reading i've also found some really good books um i'll I'll link them in the show notes so there's some good stuff out there but there's a lot i've been taking the hit so that other my my friends who do read this kind of trashy novel um (laughs) don't have to um i started to watch motherland fort salem um and it was it's an interesting premise. The idea is that witches made a deal with the government to not die so long as all women, all of the witches would then be conscripted into military service to protect uh, the United States, which I don't know if it's actually the United States. But anyway, they're at war. Um, the witches are, are kick butt and 
I don't, it's it's an interesting premise. And I was watching it with my wife, and a scene came on. She goes, "Whoa, that's gay." Um, I've caught up on Batwoman and Black Lightning. So yeah, just I'm I'm staying busy the best I can. And it, Christy and I, we've been through um, historically like a lot. Well, I I lived through the ice storm of 98 when I was in college. Um, And I think to a point that has prepared me for for end times, if you will, or growing up rurally prepared me for end times. I I remember um, massive nor'easters that shut down power to the area where I was living. And you just kind of made your way through it. Granted, you know, a nor'easter with no power isn't like a pandemic it has similarities in terms of like what you have to do in terms of preparedness to get through it. But it's interesting, like Christy and I didn't go out and hoard toilet paper. So now we've got like three rolls left. <laughs> so we had to go out and do grocery shopping. And it was really strange going out and seeing like we walked into our, our usual stop and slop and it was just empty. And the entire toilet paper aisle and paper towel aisle there was there was nothing absolutely there was the the shelves had actually been washed they'd been wiped down and were clean it was wild going out um you know like limits on when you did find paper towels or toilet paper someplace most stores had you could only buy two um we we did not find toilet paper i'm i'm sad to say um we did buy extra boxes of tissues just in case um yeah so so yeah that that was an adventure going out we did um we have a couple of friends who are immunocompromised so we did offer to pick up some stuff for them and and that was you know that felt good to do to like drop stuff off for them at their doorstep so that they didn't have to go out and experience because I'm, you know, I have a couple of things that would make me susceptible to, um, if I did contract the virus, um, it it could be devastating to me and it could be devastating to Christy, but we're both also in really good health otherwise. So we're being, we're being careful, but, you know, also at the same time trying to help out our, our friends, who are in a much rougher shape than we are. So um, there's that. I'm just trying to, you know, stay busy and do the things that I usually do. Um, I am having a bit of smugness, though. So is it smugness? It's not schadenfreude. Um, But so anyone who's been listening to the show knows that I, I wrote a thesis, and my thesis was about online therapies, and I did a lot of exploring and reading uh, and writing about the research around teletherapy and online therapies. Um, I signed up for one of those online therapies when I was doing the research for it, and I found it quite helpful. I didn't particularly, like, I didn't connect with my therapist, and because I had a free um, or, the like, the lowest cost um, tier of of the online service, I couldn't change therapists. Um but I probably would have stayed with it much longer if I had connected better with my therapist. So, but anyway, so, so my thesis was basically like online therapy and teletherapy are, are a real thing. They're great for people who are uh, differently abled or disabled and can't come into the office or people who are isolated in rural areas. And this is something that you can use as an adjunct once you meet the person and get to know them. Um, 
And pretty resoundingly, all of my, I don't want to say all of my professors, but a good number of the professors um, who read my thesis um, and a lot of therapists poo-pooed it. They took big fat dumps on it and basically said, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't promote this sort of thing for art therapy um, or other expressive therapies. And now that we are in this time of crisis and therapists are like, well, I can't make any money and I can't pay my bills unless I conduct therapy. And, and also my clients are all isolated right now. I have an ethical duty to give them therapy. And now all of those therapists who dumped on my thesis are using the exact same tools that my thesis said work. Um, and I'm, I'm like, hmm, I was right. Of course, none of them will ever remember the date took fat steaming dumps on my thesis but regardless i was right they were wrong and now they are using the very same tools i said would work to make ends meet and also fulfill their ethical duties to make sure that their clients have the care that they need um i am also very fortunate to be able to work from home i'm still trying to figure out where i'm going to work what room of the house i'm going to work um i'm pretty sure it's going to be in the spare bedroom i got to uh, clean that up a little bit so that I can do that. Um, my neighbor has been getting through the quarantine or physical isolation, whatever you want to call it, social distancing, um, by smoking a lot of weed outside on the, um, he, he like walks up and down the sidewalk and the window in that room doesn't seal very well. So this morning when I got up and I got dressed, cause I, we keep our like laundry in there while we're folding it. Um, and sometimes it just never makes it into the dresser. Uh, <laughs> so I walked into the room and it just smelled like weed. And unfortunately I'm pretty allergic to weed. So, um, it's just not a good thing for me to be in a room that smells like weed. And I mean, it's not even like we're smoking it. It's my neighbor. So that's fun. Um, I, I'm really worried about the fact that I might have been exposed. I had to um, take someone to the emergency room last week. Uh, and um, so it's outside of the ER and that's where people are going if they're exposed. So um, I'm a little worried about that. I don't have any symptoms. I feel really good right now. I have, you know, my usual springtime allergies, but I'm totally worried about having been exposed. So anyway, let's move into our main topic. Are you ready, Dade? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, for this main topic, we're going to talk about social or physical distancing, uh, quarantine, isolation, toilet paper hoarding, and how to cope during these times. Um, so what are you, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about how you're coping. What are you, what are you doing? Um. Like I had said in my What Am I Consuming, I am playing video games. Uh, video games are, to me, something that I've used all my life to cope with a lot of stuff, um, mm. probably since I was four. Um, that's not always a good thing, but in this <laughs> time, um, what I need is distraction, so anything is good. Uh, I've also been trying to... I've been I've been a lot more mindful of of what I'm doing. So I uh I'm thinking of, you know, actually writing letters to folk. Um you know, cuz when I cleaned out my office, I found these like amazing stationery cards that I didn't even know I had and I want to <laughs> use them. Uh so, you know, I've been I've been trying to 
have a mixture of digital and analog stuff. Um, I've tried to read. I can't read. My mind is too busy and noisy mm. to focus on reading. It's just, it's just not going to work. Um, and so instead of trying and getting frustrated, I just kind of put that aside for now. And, and, you know, I guess, I guess really what I've been doing is just accepting everything as it comes. Um, it's failing me now, but the term, is it radical acceptance? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, if I wake up and find out that, that, you know, another hundred people tested positive in Massachusetts, you know, process that and move on. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because I can't, you know, there, there's websites out there that have showed, it's actually really cool from a data standpoint. Um, basically every day it has a running tally of, of the world and the countries and, and states. Uh, so it's been fun to look at, but also terrifying. Uh, yeah. There's also a website. Um, I don't know if you've seen it less. Uh, that that you can click on a state and it tells you the last possible moment you can choose to act before your hospital system would presumably be overrun with patients. Uh, I'm not going to link to that. Uh, people want to find it, they can search that. But uh, it's very interesting mm-hmm. and also, you know, nerve wracking to read. So I've been avoiding that stuff as much as possible. But also the intellectual. I love data person wants to look at it. So it's like, I've been really just practicing distraction. Um, because when, when I'm, my mind is so full of this stuff, uh, the best thing to do is, is what I do when I have anxiety, um, is change my scenery and distract until it comes down. So, um, so yeah, I've been, I've been also, uh, connecting in ways that I don't normally connect. I've, you know, video chatted with my cohort for grad school. Uh, that's been fun. I've been also talking to friends, you know, that I game with online. Uh, we've been making, you know, it a point to not just game together, but check in on each other. Um, yeah. And also people, I don't know about you, less, but people have reached out to me personally, like on Facebook, just like, hey, how are you? Or, yeah. you know, what's going on with you? So... I'm also going to start journaling uh, because I feel like if I have a space to just do a mind dump every day, mm-hmm. um, I think that'll help me start the next day on like a, a clean page, literally and figuratively. And also I can use my awesome stationery. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's really in the moment what I'm doing to kind of to cope with, with the things that we're dealing with. Um, and Les and I, you know, we live in the same state, so we're both in the same bubble. Cause I think at this point, yeah, it's a world thing, but it's a state thing. So, you know, yeah. we have folks that live in California that are in a very different place than we are. In fact, I wish Massachusetts would go the route of California, but I digress. Uh, not with our governor. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So what, what about you? Like, what have you been doing in the moment less to kind of like bring that level of, you know, if you, if you do have anxiety or, or thoughts, you know, about everything what do you do to bring that down well uh, so up it's it's been strange for me because up until this past friday i was still going into work so you know we had clients in the building until tuesday and then we finally convinced the higher-ups that that was not a good idea since many of our clients are immunocompromised and some of my coworkers are immunocompromised. So it was just like getting the higher ups to understand. And I work 
for one of the largest health organizations in Massachusetts. It's wild. Um, but they also, you know, they didn't want to pay us to either stay home or work if there were no clients there because of the nature of the work that I do. So I have been spending a lot of time up until now with my coworker trying to figure out how do we get the higher ups, the powers that be, if you will, to understand where we're coming from. And also we need to create tools so that when we are working from home, we're able to do it in an ethical way. Um, which my thesis gave me a lot of tools. And also it's really interesting to be in this position where, um, like my coworker and I grew up sort of online and using online tools. Not that I grew up with it because, you know, 80s and early 90s, but definitely came into um, adulthood using a lot of online tools, whereas a lot of my higher ups and a lot of people that I work with just don't. You know, this online stuff is really foreign to them. So being in a position to say, well, this is how you do online instruction. This is how you do video conferencing here. You know, it's just really wild having people who don't know how to do all of this stuff. Um, and that I I'm really worried about a lot of the therapists who don't use online tools as often as, say, you and I do. Um who are starting to use a lot of these online tools to do online instruction, to do online therapies, and don't have an understanding of online life the way that we might. Like, I've been through a lot of crap with YouTube, and I'm seeing a lot of therapists put up content on YouTube, and I'm not sure they really understand the nature of YouTube, and I think it's going to be a, a kind of a nightmare for them. Um, but anyway, now that I've gone off on a tangent, um, I am sort of messing around with watercolors again. I'm doing some backgrounds. I'm just putting paint on paper and moving it around, looking at how it's settling on the paper. Um, and then I'm collaging on top of it. I've got some postcards that I'm probably going to pop up on Etsy um, and we'll see what happens with them. But basically like I'm putting paint on paper and allowing it to move around. Cause I've got, you know, it's interesting. Cause we talked about this. Um, I think it was last time we chatted that, you know, we've got all this stuff and I'm never going to run out of it. Even, even after I die, someone's going to have to hoe through my house and look at all of the stationary stuff and art supplies that I have and decide what to do with it. And I suspect that, at that point, a lot of it's going to just end up in the trash, um, which is kind of a sobering thought for me to think that if I don't use this stuff, it's going to end up thrown away. So I might as well use it. So I'm getting out my nice art supplies. I'm getting out my, my nice tools and I'm using them. And that has really helped to kind of channel my anxiety. Um, and it's interesting before all of this, uh, Physical distancing and social distancing um, started. I had started writing again and I had gotten, I'm about 20,000 words into a novel and it's at a really good spot. It's like at the turning point where the characters are, are about to have their, I don't know, they're going to like me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But it's in that turning point of the novel where things start to get really interesting and I just can't concentrate on it. 
And that was something that I, that was really relaxing for me and really calming. And I just, I can't, I can't, I can't concentrate on it. Um, but doing, making art allows me to kind of take that anxious feeling that I'm having and put it onto paper and kind of leave it behind. It's, it's like a mind dump in a way, but without the, like, this is why I'm anxious kind of thought. Um, I've also been writing some letters. So, um, you know, some of the people in my, in my orbit might be getting some mail. Um, and I've really got to start journaling again. I, you know, and I've done art journaling historically in the past, but I've kind of stopped doing it for a while. Cause I didn't, it was something art journaling and journaling in general are, is something that I go to when I need it and leave it behind when I don't. And I just think it's a great tool. It's something that I encourage all of my clients to do. I've done it in the past and I found it super helpful. So it's, it's really something I've got to get back into. Um, so yeah. Um, and then, so one of the things that I've noticed is happening a lot is that a lot of artists, a lot of instructors and a lot of teachers are doing some live streams of either their art process, um, music making they're streaming live music they're streaming music after they've made it um and we started a thread or i did i started a thread in rsvp just asking people if, if you are doing any sort of live art poetry readings instructional music streams etc um post the link in that thread so that everyone can get a chance to check it out and see it um, I, it's been really interesting to, to see all of the different things that people are posting either on Instagram, Facebook live, or even YouTube live. It's just, there's a wealth of information out there and it's a great way to distract yourself. And you can also interact with the person as they're doing it. You, if you're, they're doing something, a live stream, you can type them a message and ask them questions. And that's wild. It's really amazing to be able to have that sort of interaction with folks um so i'm really enjoying seeing all of those things as they come up i've had a lot of people on my instagram who make art they're just like they take the the their phone and just post something as they're working on it and that's super cool um what are some things that you've noticed that's been going on dade you there oh hey sorry i i thought i hit mute unmute mm-hmm. um i've noticed a lot of things going on online um i think for me like was it you that started the thread in rsvp yep for you know doing creative stuff mm-hmm. i've seen also um i wanted to go back to you talking about therapists putting stuff on youtube and putting stuff online um because i have conflicted feelings about that mm. i worry that um well one some of the stuff i've seen has not been appropriate um yeah you know, and offering up, in fact, locally, I, I don't know even what I should do with this, but I saw a therapist post in like a forum, like a, a city forum, like, hey, like I have openings in my practice, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do cash only. And, um, you know, I'm also doing short, like $20 check-ins. It was very weird because mm. uh, I feel like, no, like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I think it's important for people to have resources. And right now, you know, there are therapists that 
I know um, that have shifted online. Mine has and my couples therapist has and um, but some aren't, um, which gives me so many complicated feelings, because what do yeah. you do with your client? Um, well, you have an ethical duty. You can't to abandon maintain them. care. You right. can't abandon them. So they switched to phone and phone. I, I could never do. It's bad enough to do like video chat. Um, phone for me, a, a 50 minute session, just, I wouldn't feel the same. It would work in an emergency, I guess, but, yeah. but I've seen a lot of like overall, um, a couple, cause YouTube suggests things and, and there's a couple like psychology stuff, things that I have watched on YouTube. So it, it gives me suggested videos. And one of them, um, was like, you know, these therapists are trying to start their own channels. Like, have you heard of Katie Morton? No, she is it going to start- piss me off? Yeah. Well, yes, she started <laughs> she started a Facebook channel um, when she was like a newer therapist. And it was actually originally really good. Like she would explain things like, you know, like like answer like questions that everyone has like, oh, no, I have feelings for my therapists. Are these real? What do I do? What is this? Like little like 10 minute videos. Yeah. But then she started getting bigger and bigger to the point where I think she makes more money off YouTube than being an actual therapist. Uh, but she was in a couple of videos where she was observing behavior and then diagnosing the person with like paranoia. Oh, that's not okay. No. And she got a lot of flack for that. So anyhow, people see that stuff and they're like, wow, she's probably making six figures doing this. Cause she has a million subscribers literally. Yeah. Um, and so it's awkward and like forced and like a bunch of them are cropping up. And so I know it comes from a place of goodness, but also as a future clinician, it bothers me because it also can can make our profession look not good. Yeah. Um, so I've been seeing well, a lot of that crop up. Yeah. I And like I said, like I really worry about the safety of some of these clinicians that are doing this yeah. who don't know what they're doing. They just, oh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Right. And the there are some huge ethical issues with therapists doing that. Or um, I've seen a lot of therapists um, get the free edition of a lot of the, so a lot of the video chat or conferencing software, you get a free edition of it, but it's not HIPAA compliant. So that company is recording everything on the back end, and you're going to invite clients to, engage in a video session with you on this free service but it's not HIPAA compliant even Zoom um my understanding is that it, it's not HIPAA compliant unless you're paying for it yeah my therapist actually uses something it's doxy.me they are they're, they're HIPAA compliant um, right cuz she had used Zoom in the past but i think it was a like a cost issue slash not very comfortable with how the platform is for therapy so, but doxy.me yeah. is great because I don't have to install anything. You just click join and it, you know, yep. but yeah, so I've been seeing a lot of that. And like, like I said, while it comes from a place of, of, uh, you know, goodness, I feel that maybe some newer therapists or other therapists are kind of in over their head when it comes to that. Cause I also, you know, worry about, <clears throat> you know, my future, you know, I have such a big online presence. Like I have not like change my identity so everything Mm. out there is under my actual name so yeah yeah, it's just i don't know maybe i'm being a little bit too cautious but i feel like i'm valid to feel that way like you yeah well that's one of the reasons so anyone who's been following me online for any period of time knows that around 2015 maybe yeah it was around 2015 
my name changed online. And that's because I had been using my real name online for 15 years. Um, and I was told that I can't do that ethically that, you know, and, and the reality of it is, is that clients are going to search for you online and if they find your Facebook po profile, they're going to poke around that. It's just a reality of what we do is that if you're a public figure online, your clients are going to find you. They're going to look at everything that you've ever posted. If you posted something embarrassing as a teenager, they're going to see that. And so you've got to be careful with what you put online. Um, but I just didn't feel comfortable having clients know my real name and maybe be able to search me out in person. Um, yeah. But, but anyhow, other than that stuff that I've seen, um, I've seen some really good stuff locally. Um, I have some friends that, that teach yoga, mm -hmm. uh, that have been doing donation based, like not charging, um, you know, every other day doing like a yoga session, like, you know, online mm -hmm. or, um, there have been folks that I know a friend of mine, she has a couple different gigs going. Uh, she, she teaches in the summer at Yale and like she, uh, works at a local museum. Uh, so she obviously is out of work and the, the mm. work that she does, there's no pay for that work. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. So she's been, she's a, uh, artist as well. So she's been doing these, these cool, like $5 a person classes for kids, like how to craft different things, mm -hmm. how to make your own, like, you know, eight panel comic. Cause she's a comic artist. Um, so it's been really cool to see how creative my friends can be. Yeah. Um, but also my local community. Um, I know that you've talked about this less your, your community Facebook page has sometimes been a cesspool. It uh, still is. Yeah, my, mine is too, especially today. Today, um, my city hosts, I think, the second largest St. Patrick's Day parade in the country. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, last year there were 400,000 people that went to the Holyoke St. Patrick's Day parade. Wow. Um, so obviously that's canceled, and people are talking about doing it anyway or partying anyway. Uh. Ugh, it's horrible. Like, no. Um, luckily, the city has a has a – the mayor said no more than 10 people can gather and they're actually going to enforce that. Um, they closed. That's actually statewide. Yeah. Well, I know it was 25 for a while. Maybe they lowered it. I believe, um, Tuesday. That's one of the reasons why we would close the program is because we couldn't have more than 10 people in the program. Ah, uh, so yeah, like, so, but seeing other parts of my community really come together and, you know, offer their talents, their services, either for free or at a very reduced rate, you know, um, has been heartwarming because, you know, the city I live in, um, about half the city um, is, you know, living in poverty, um, either unemployed or underemployed. Um, I think the median household income is only about $36,000 a year. Mm. Um, and also the students I work with at the high school, um, they, a lot of them don't have technology at home. They were relying yeah. on the library and, and, you know, so luckily the high school has been great with loaning out hotspots and Chromebooks yep. um, and also offering lunch. So it's great to see the community come together. Um, and I'm sure those of you listening, you've probably seen your communities do similar things. Um, like our local animal shelter, um, they had to close, but they donated all of their personal protective equipment to the local hospital. Mm. Um, so yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of things, though, folks that are um, 
folks that are offering ways to distract. Um, and that has been really helpful to have those options, whether it be yoga or crafting or, you know, um, other fun, fun things. So, so that's really what I've been observing, at least in, in my world. Mm. Like I said, these past couple of days, I've been disengaging from social media because it's too much, um, to the point of being overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, but I think the video and chat conferencing stuff has really taken off. I don't know about you, Les, but in my own personal bubbles, I've seen so many people posting like, hey, let's have like a, a Zoom chat or let's let's, you know, you know, hop on our and create a discord channel. Like we have a local discord yeah. channel now for our community. Oh, cool. Um, actually, speaking of discord, <laughs> um, I am going to be working on the discord channel today um, and kind of getting it set up the way I like it. Um and I'm going to be putting a invite into our Facebook group um, and hopefully more folks will join. I would like to maybe, I don't know, like we were talking about this less offline mm -hmm. um, doing, you know, kind of using the voice chat in a way to like, hey, let's pop in and just feel connected to each other, um, you know, have conversations, maybe have little like cool like round tables or actually I had thought of something. I didn't talk to you about it before we started recording, but um doing things like like a show and tell um not in a sense of hey look at this 211 that i got <laughs> but like a hey like this is kind of what i've done this week and like you know or like you know do you have any ideas how i can you know do this or kind of just just little tiny things that are that are take some effort but not a lot of effort to to connect mm. um also you know maybe doing more frequent check-ins, you know, via the podcast. I don't know if you want to speak yeah. to that less a little bit, like what we talked about before. Yeah, I, I think um, particularly now that my schedule is much different, like it's interesting because when I took this job, I really expected it to open up more time. And it ended up being that this job is much more intense than my previous position. And I don't have as much free time. But now that I'm working from home, things are very different. <laughs> um, so we talked about doing some more frequent shows, um, maybe a few short check-in episodes here and there, um, maybe some video chats somewhere. And I, I think I, I think that particularly while this is going on, it'll be just nice for us to check in and have a conversation about how are we doing? How, how are, you know, what are you doing? How are you using that stationary? How, like, how are you managing your workflow from home? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think anything at this point to make me feel more connected, mm. uh, because I, I think about the other side of this, um, what it's going to be like, are we gonna, you know, I, I hope that that this connectedness that we're trying to like cultivate and foster, I think if anything good were to come out of, of this situation that we're all collectively in would be to, to maintain those connections and to maintain that, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people, I'm not on board with it yet. I'm not enjoying a lot of this, <laughs> but people are enjoying the fact that, that they're almost being forced to slow down mm. um, and resort to, you know, things that are not, um, <clears throat> you know, not going to work every day and coming home and doing what you have to do and going to bed. There's a lot of more space in their life. And I hope that 
that if we get anything from this, it's the ability to realize that like we've always had the capacity Mm -hmm. to slow down and we've always had the capacity, um, you know, to offer different ways of doing things. And Mm -hmm. I think without getting too political, um, you know, it's clearly evident that, um, you know, accessibility was never an issue for companies for the world. Yeah. It's It's a matter of adopting it. Yeah. It's wild to me the amount of like, here, you can work from home type stuff that is occurring. Like my job, it will never be something that I can ultimately do from home. Not that I would really want to either. Like, but so many of my friends do have jobs that could happen from home. And all of a sudden their companies are like, yeah, sure. Here's a phone and a laptop. You can work from home. Um, and it's, it's mind blowing to me. It's also like mind blowing to me that it took as much work as it did to convince the company that I work for that I could also work from home in a very, very adapted manner. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, there's a lot that could happen, um, from this and where we're, I think we're going to learn a lot about how to um, help and serve people who are isolated. Um, and it, it, I, I love the idea that we can assist people in entirely different ways. No, absolutely. So I do, like, as we're wrapping this all up, I do just want to ask people, if you're listening and you are planning on doing any live streams, whether it's art, music, skill sharing, cooking, anything, feel free to send me a message so I can link it in our RSVP uh, physical distancing thread so we can help get you some hits. And maybe you can join the RSVP Facebook group or Discord chat uh, channel, and we'll make sure that we're promoting these things because we all need to connect in whatever way is helpful for us. Um, I'm hoping that as things settle in, I can do a little bit more in terms of um, like doing some videos of, of some stuff as well. I've been planning some videos around gardening anyway. So um, yeah, if anyone's doing anything, shoot me a message. You can hit me up on Twitter um, or all of the usual places and we we can we can promote that for you. We can make sure that people are watching and listening and and connecting with you so data anything else uh not really i mean i think i just want to end it with saying that like i really appreciate the community that we have um i know that that i've been kind of away from social media intentionally but when i do return intentionally one of the first places i check is the rsvp group um to see what's new um and what's been posted because it's it's that one little oasis Um, you know, on the internet that, that allows me to kind of distance myself from the outside world when I need to do that. So, you know, I don't know, I guess I'm just appreciative of that. And I guess as we kind of go on this, it's kind of an unplanned journey. We kind of thought about this a couple of days ago and, 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 you know, I think that I look forward to kind of like seeing where this goes and seeing how this impacts myself personally, but also just our members, um, you know, with, with the more frequent check-ins that we're going to do and, and, you know, podcasts that we'll, we'll produce. Um, I think it'll be a good thing. 
I agree. I, I agree. And, you know, I, I think just having everyone joining in on the Facebook page, is, it is that little oasis on the internet. It's always such a kind and gentle place. And the few times someone hasn't been kind and gentle, the whole group sort of rallies together and they leave. Um, so it really just makes it a wonderful space to have conversations and and feel kind of safe online. So I really want to make sure that we're continuing to connect through that Facebook page. And now that the Discord is getting finished and set up, um, people can head on over to the Discord channel and interact um, and have more conversations and more ways to connect. I'm really interested in seeing how the voice channel on that works. Um, because that's a thing I've never really participated in. So I'm looking forward to that. And so I just want to thank everyone in our community for just being amazing. You know, it's really nice to just be able to check in and see that people are continuing to be kind, gentle, wonderful human beings with one another. And I really like, anytime I talk about RSVP, I, I, it's not just the podcast. It's also the community around the podcast. And we might be smaller than the other stationary podcasts. Um, but I think we're the best community. Take that erasable. Not that it's a competition. Um, <laughs> but uh. um, I just I just love that. Um, so if you have a chance and you have friends who might be into stationary or having more of these conversations with us, um, tell them about us. The best way to get the word out about our podcast is to share a link and you can share a link to the podcast. You can share a link to the Facebook group, to the discord channel, whatever you like about this community, share it. You could also do a review on what are iTunes or what, what is it now? Um, Apple podcasts, whatever the heck they're calling it. Um, uh, if you want to, or you could go over, I think we're listed, um, in Google podcasts. I'm not sure. I know we're on Stitcher. Um, we're on, we're on a bunch of these places. Just, you know, give us a little review, let people know why you love us. And you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. There's a spectrum chat. There's a discord server. You can find me less at comfortable shoes, studio.com Facebook and, uh, at comfortable shoes, studio Instagram and Twitter at original LC Harper. You can find Lenore very rarely, actually really never um, on Twitter at Lenore Hoyt. She's more often um, though really occasionally on Erasable and RSVP on Facebook. If you'd like to interact with her Dade, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you.